Hello and welcome to the Eclipse Evolution Podcast. I'm your host, Savannah Rose Johnson. I'm very excited to connect with you on this big day. It's April the 19th, 2023, and there is a lot cooking, (laughs) a lot cooking energetically, historically, that I'm just excited to share with you. And hopefully some of it resonates with you. So what's significant about today is, well, a few things. So one, it's Bicycle Day. And for those of you who aren't familiar with this holiday, so to speak, I'm happy to explain that. It's also the solar eclipse slash new moon. Um, So if you're into astronomy slash astrology, we have that cooking up right now. And the Aries placement, that'll be happening tonight, standard time, 12-12. And then tomorrow we have the start of Taurus season. And then the following day after that, we have the start of the first Mercury retrograde of our year. So a whole lot going on. And and then this past couple of weeks ago, we had Easter. It's just been, it's been a whole lot, a big season of transformation. That is the name of the game right now. And so starting with Bicycle Day. So Bicycle Day is the recorded holiday um, for those of us in the psychedelic community. And so Albert Hoffman, he's the guy who cooked up LSD for the first time in the laboratory, which is trying to find some new medicines and ingested LSD had, of course, at that time, no idea what he just invented and then proceeded to take what he said was a very interesting bike ride home. (laughs) And so for any of you who have experienced the psychedelic journey before, whatever substance it is, typically there's an kind of a delay in the onset and then it kind of starts to creep in and then boom, you're in the experience and that is what happened. (laughs) So if only we could be a fly on the wall for that day. Um, So that being said, happy bicycle day. And being a practitioner, an integrative practitioner when it comes to different psychedelics, primarily ketamine is what I... um, usual people, um, how I support them in those experiences. There's such an interesting paradigm shift that's happening right now, which I'm sure you may have heard some of the chatter when it comes down to legalizing this and that or decriminalizing certain things. So it's really cool to have been in this space, particularly with ketamine and more like a clinical therapeutic setting and helping coach people with that integration when it comes down to preparing for their experiences and then supporting them throughout. And then a lot of the work really to be done is kind of after the fact and integrating what they learned or different meaning they may have gained or anything, you know, that comes up (laughs) and those experiences, being able to tie that into their life moving forward. And so even ketamine's origin is really interesting. It doesn't have a holiday yet, (laughs) even though the bicycle day is kind of an umbrella. Um, I hope one day to see there become a a ketamine day because it's been a really special, a really special tool, honestly, medicine. Um, And I'm glad that it was able to escape the, the war on drugs, political drama and, and rules and regulations where of course, like some of that stuff is really important and helpful to keep people safe. A lot of it has, unfortunately, on the extreme side, um, prevented a lot of us to be able to research certain things and the benefits until more recently. So in particular with like MDMA or psilocybin, even LSD, being able to see how these different medicines and plant medicines are able to 
help people heal and become even better versions of themselves. So with ketamine, it's really, it's really cool how it started out as just a regular old anesthesia. It was really popular because it's kind of magical in the fact that it doesn't slow down respiration. So for people who maybe are maxed out on other um, types of anesthesia, or maybe they just sensitivity or, or don't need to have any risk of lower respiration or heart issues or whatever the case may be. Um, ketamine was a really good alternative for them and it, it started out kind of in the late kind of 1960s. It was really, really popular in the Vietnam War and that was because it's really 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 hard to overdose on ketamine unlike other anesthesias where if you're <laughs> If your math is off by a little bit, you could be in a big pickle. So ketamine has very different properties and even just how it affects our brain when it comes down to the, the glutamate and production in our brain and the effect that it has on neuroplasticity is really even unique um, in comparison to other psychedelics out there. So even though ketamine is not classified as like a traditional psychedelic. It's more still in that, or sorry, not antihistamine. I always say that. Uh, anesthesia, there we go. Um, even though it's more classified in the anesthesia realm, it does at certain dosing amounts have more of that experiential component that can classify it as like a psychedelic experience and kind of low levels are what we call more psycholytic. So you're still present in this space you can talk but it's kind of like having a few drinks in you like your inhibitions are a little lowered so sometimes your stuff that's maybe buried in your subconscious is more easy to come out you're not like actively judging or being careful about what you're saying your, your inhibitions are lowered so stuff can just come out but in the therapeutic approach that can be helpful for some people and then like when you kind of bump it up a little bit more that's when you could have this potentially psychedelic experiences. And then up from there would be more of like the, we're knocking you out cold, we're doing surgery on your knee kind of thing. So that's a little bit how it, it has been used and it got popular in the Vietnam War because, because of its flexibility with dosing and how um, you don't have to be super careful with that part. A lot of the soldiers would carry around syringes or vials of ketamine and if one of their soldier buddies got really crucially wounded they could just kind of like an EpiPen just stick them stick them with that ketamine it would help that person um, with their experience with the pain levels that they were in and then allow them to be able to hold on enough to get to medical services so that's how it was kind of nicknamed a, a buddy drug because a lot of the soldiers could just give it to their buddies. So that's how it got started. But then, of course, as there is often a shadow side to everything in life, of course, um, sometimes the uncontrolled use of that substance can lead it to more of the substance abuse um, route, which, you know, that can happen with anything. That can happen with aspirin, you know. <laughs> it's not the drug's fault or the, the substance's fault sometimes. But in particular, um, because of the, the challenge with overdosing, it did start to have a little bit of a tendency when with the abuse side of what we have maybe heard of like K-holes and whatnot. And it also has the nickname of being like a horse tranquilizer, which is true because, because of its kind of 
like effects that it can have on our, our visualization and the experience that I'm referencing. Some people didn't necessarily like that if they were just trying to get a knee surgery or whatnot. And so it moved more into the veterinary science spaces. So it really was a horse tranquilizer, maybe not so much tranquilizer. I mean, yes, but more like a horse anesthesia because you could again administer it in really big quantities. So it's still used in a lot of veterinary sciences to this day. It's a, a lot of times a very crucial part of a euthanasia process. It's kind of what they give to animals before the actual euthanization to allow them to be in that comfortable, blissful place before passing on. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it is and can be used for really good stuff too and have a lot of different uses. And so that's kind of how it was almost accidentally um, beginning to be used as like a therapeutic intervention. So again, it was still used in human surgeries and as a human anesthesia for some time, maybe not super frequently, but it, um, there was just a lot of correlation popping up of maybe people going in for a hip replacement coming out with no depression. And so it was really interesting and got the attention of some people eventually. And then it started to be used more in the therapeutic wellness space the mental wellness space. And so that's where I come in. Here we are, we've evolved. And that's kind of why I wanted to bring it up today. It's one, a part of celebrating Bicycle Day, but then also too, when it comes down to my mission, my, my Eclipse Evolution brand, so to speak. I mean, Eclipse, we have the Eclipse today. <laughs> so Eclipse is all about big energy shifts, big changes sometimes, not always the easy changes to go through, but the ones that are the most transformative, the ones that nature intends for us to go through. And then evolution, not so much as far as like Darwin and whatnot, which I mean, that stuff is cool too, but me, I'm more so willing to just focus on change over time, like how things just naturally can evolve and almost like more going with the flow, so to speak. And so that's some of the reason behind I've called this podcast Eclipse Evolution, my whole brand itself, Eclipse Evolution. And here we are today talking about the evolution of psychedelics and the big eclipse energy we have going on at the same time. So very exciting. And it's definitely a big day just as far as like where I'm at personally in my journey. I'm just really grateful for the seeds of transformation and opportunities that are being planted right now. And I'm just really grateful for this community that we're building together through this podcast. It's just been so much fun hearing everyone's feedback and just the connection that I have with other people is my ultimate inspiration. So just thank you for all the support and for following and sharing. Um, it's just been really magical how things are just continuing to evolve and, and transform and I've had some questions come up for me lately when it comes down to like my own spiritual beliefs, given that I really love astrology. I'm Reiki certified. I love tarot. I, I, I just, I love all the things. I'm like a perpetual <laughs> learner. I'm just always curious. And I definitely have to credit a lot of that open-mindedness to actually growing up in the Lutheran church. And I know when it comes down to formal religion and Christianity, sometimes 
spirituality and Christianity are they're often separated and there's this kind of divide between the two like if, if you practice one you can't practice the other and I just don't really believe that to be true and I think in particular being a Lutheran having um, Martin Luther I mean we have Martin Luther King Jr. who is a very like more recent <laughs> prominent figure but who he was named after Martin Luther um, the monk he is I don't know if you've ever heard of what we call Reformation Sunday but it was when the Protestant branches kind of I mean, basically were born and it was a really big day where Martin Luther because he was in the church he was a monk and this is during the the times of very very heavy Catholicism and um, I love him. He's such a Scorpio because, <laughs> because he really challenges the status quo. And he can give a you-know-what about the rules and the authority from politics. And he just was all about connecting with what he believed was right and what he believed to be true and actually helpful for other people. And that's how we have Reformation Sunday because at that day and time, basically our version of Twitter <laughs> was um, you would nail something to like the, the front door of the church. And that was kind of like the, the bulletin board, like how a lot of news got out. And so here comes Martin Luther on Reformation Sunday and he proceeds to nail over 90, I think it was like 95 um, theses. So basically just like statements. So if you have like a thesis to a paper, like an argument basically. He nailed 95 theses to the front door of the Catholic Church, basically calling out all the corruption, calling out um, all the stuff that he disagreed with <laughs> and um, and how the the church and like how the, the leaders of the community weren't actually helping people um, in that he was all about it was, you know, you don't have to pay money to, to go to heaven. You don't have to do like all these razzle dazzle things to go to heaven. It's like, it's your own personal journey. And it is through the grace of God that you're going to be okay. And that's enough to pave the way towards you living a, a life that you can do good. It's not like you have to earn your ticket into heaven. It's, it's not up to humankind to decide what happens to anyone when we pass away that's that's beyond us and so i think growing up in in that style of church where i mean i've i've worked with people with religious trauma where it's been quite the opposite experience where it's kind of fire and brimstones and and guilting and shaming people for living their life and really strict and it just makes my heart ha just heavy hearing about experiences like that because I feel like it kind of takes away from the whole point of <laughs> of religion and spirituality um and so that's why like even in my work with psych psychedelics I know um I have even faced some backlash when it comes down to being in the spiritual realm or the religious realm and how all these things are separate yet I just don't feel like they have to always be separate. I think it's everyone's own personal journey, whatever you want to believe. If it works for you, if it allows you to have structure and to do good in this earth and to proceed with peace and confidence and connection to others, like who am I and who is anyone else to say that that's bad or wrong? Um, 
it's not up to us. I mean, even even in Christianity, the whole expression of like only God can judge. I'm like, hello. So like, why are we judging people for doing what they want to do? And then even just um, through psychedelic experiences, if anything, that has enhanced my faith, my spiritual journey I'm on, being able to really experience this almost um, like quantum healing throughout my body, my mind, my soul, and and something even that is taught, um, at least it was to me in my Lutheran upbringing is this terminology called perichoresis. And if in the Christianity faith, there's the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost also called, I don't really like that word. Ghost, it's like, it's not exactly a peaceful word to me at least. So I say Holy Spirit. <laughs> and so it's like how the Holy Spirit lives within us and like we are made of it. And then of course we have Jesus and we have God, so forth. And so the perichoresis is really like a perfect harmony between the three of these. One is not more important than the other. They're all perfectly in sync and balanced with each other and working together for us. And so how I guess like my own interpretation of that has evolved with this spiritual journey that I'm on and, and including psychedelics in that, it's just undeniable for me that like, whether's God, the universe, whatever you want to call it, whoever you want to call it, um, how just it's all connected, like we're all connected and how much of a part we are connected to that. It's not something that we have to achieve for and maybe someday we'll get it. That grace, that peace, that spirit is already within us, working towards us, whether you want to call it your higher self. Um, that's something I definitely connect to. It's it's all something that still has an air of mystery between it. And that's why I use the word quantum because it's kind of like the space between atoms and, and particles. It's like the energy that flows between, you know, electrons and everything. It's like that kind of unexplainable, mystical, like magical element of our existence, our makeup, our consciousness even. And how sometimes like, we don't need to have all the answers to that. I mean, can we even fully grasp all the answers with that? And I think that's something that is really humbling and something that I try to even kind of keep in mind is like, I'm, I'm not meant to know everything. And that kind of desire to know everything, I think it, can take away from our faith, our, our spirituality experience, because if we think we know everything, then we think we have a sense of control over everything. And the surrender is where the faith really takes place, like, like a trust fall, if you want to think of it like that, like a spiritual life trust fall, where it's, if you're rigid and don't back down, you, you can't ever like feel the embrace of being like held and supported and to receive and that's such a huge part of at least i believe faith and spirituality is yeah it's it's very much like what we're able to contribute to the world but also it's what can it give back to us how can it fill us up and give us this experience of fulfillment like nothing is lacking within us like we already have everything that we need and just to be able to enjoy to kind of turn away from 
feeling like we have to do all the time and just to be. And I think children, why I love education so much and why I love kids and animals so much is because of the the innocence, the levity that comes behind like not needing that kind of control. Like I think about like my animals and how like there's so much trust between me and, and my like my, my cats, for example, and how like I'll hold them like little babies and and they don't try to get away. They just accept it and lay there and receive my love and then when they start to get a little antsy that's when I'll put them down. But that trust is there and they allow themselves to be held. And even with kids, it's like kids are just <laughs> they just have such a beautiful mentality where if you just say anything like, hey, we're going to go to Disney World, or even if they have no idea what Disney World is, they're excited for it. Their default setting isn't to need to know all the answers. It isn't to, unless they're at that age where they start asking why. <laughs> but it isn't to know all the answers or to know everything. It's it's very much like they're just excited to see what's going to happen. And they're just excited regardless because it's something new, whereas I think that's something that we tend to disconnect from as adults. It's like sometimes the unknown is actually something that's really scary. And I think that's one of the beautiful things that faith and, and the, the tools of psychedelics can show us is how much we, we can let go and how we can surrender and allow things to to come to us and and that we don't have to make up the meaning about it right away, but that we may never know every single answer, but that it doesn't mean that life isn't lacking anything. I mean, just because a painting is incomplete doesn't mean that it's not already a work of art, so to speak. And so that being said, I just hope that you can reflect and one, take time for yourself because all this big energy that's cooking up right now can kind of wear us out, especially if you're more of like a empathic person like myself. Just there's a lot cooking. I need my, <laughs> I need to stay hydrated. I need to have food. I need to stretch and sleep. Um, our bodies can really feel this energy just as the cycles of the moon and control the tides and everything. It has an effect on us as well. So take it slow. Don't make up your mind right away, especially with retrograde which can cause lots of delays and technical problems and i say it's a season it usually lasts about three weeks it retrogrades mercury retrograde specifically which is what's happening on uh friday it's a time for a lot of things to fall apart in order for something new to come together and so it can be a frustrating time if we're still trying to hold on to that control and not just surrendering to the process letting things work out because there's a lot going on behind the scenes that again we might not understand or that might not be visible to us so don't rely on your own understanding don't feed in too much to the excess chatter of the world but tune into yourself tune into what you feel within your soul within your body and know that it deserves to be listened to and that it's powerful and it's anchoring you to this whole collective of life that we are all a part of and connected to. And so I hope you take that with you today. Look for the beauty that's around us. Don't sweat 
the things that are temporary because ultimately everything is. So if kinks do show up in your life, take that time to decompress, to relax, know that it's going to work itself out over time. It might not be on your timeline, but ultimately it is temporary. It will pass. And if you have any questions from me regarding how to be safe when it comes down to psychedelics, if you want to know what to do during or after, which is where I really focus with people on, on integration appointments with them, how to take that experience and weave it into your life to keep those themes alive, reach out. That's what I'm here for. I love connecting. I love being with you, holding that space for you, because we really are, not to sound cheesy, but we really are all in this together. We really are all connected, and it is my pleasure to be on this journey with you and to be alive during this time with you, so let's celebrate that. And so with that, thank you again for your time, for supporting all my projects, <laughs> and I can't wait to see how this continues to grow with you alongside you so with that have a wonderful bicycle day a wonderful lunar or sorry solar eclipse today new moon cycle have a wonderful tourist season starting up all about just soaking up life and going slow and enjoying just the pleasures of this earth and what it provides us and then retrograde is all about just out with the old and with the new so with that Take care of yourself, take care of others, and have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye for now.